Today on Talk About That, John thinks he's a ninja and fights accusations of being a boomer. Meanwhile, I share a theory about Prince and ruin someone's dessert with sarcasm. Also, a conversation about disappointment, contentment, and God's perfect will. Today's episode is not sponsored by Benadryl. You can't sneeze if you're asleep. Let's go. Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th, and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Get your tickets punched. All aboard the train to Mantertown. Let's talk about that. I'm John here with Johnny. We're out here. Um, we've got, uh, if you're watching this on video, we've got a little work. We're adding some elements. Guys, let me tell you something. The, the show's going places. <laughs> like the train metaphor suggested. What we're doing is we're throwing money at it. Oh, my gosh. That's our solution for everything. I told you earlier, that is kind of your solution. You're like, you know what we need? Three more of these. You know what, Johnny? It's and I'm fine. sick of it. And that's it's never why enough. Episode 230 is my last one. Oh. So I thought I'd go ahead. And you know, that's when you go to the dentist. That's what time you go to the dentist? Yeah. 230. 230. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I'm sorry, guys. That's great. That's all we that's have a, for That's a popsicle wrapper. Is it really? Oh, yeah. It's like a Laffy Taffy? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do have a pink background, but I like it. I'm okay with it. It feels a little purpley. It's got like a, I thought it was like a Prince video when I walked in. I saw the keyboard and the. (laughs) (laughs) Prince and I have a lot in common. People have made the comparison for years. Um, I'm like Prince minus the talent. Mm -hmm. But but I said he was a tiny guy. Yeah. Well, I'm not so tiny. I'm working on it, but. uh, (laughs) Did I ever tell you about my theory about Prince? You have a Prince theory. Yeah, um, so Prince uh, dressed uh, androgynously, shall we say? Right. Which is his his right. That's fine. Sure. He had some pizzazz to his outfit. He would wear these heels, though, on stage, like these boots that had heels. Okay. Because he was like five foot whatever. But he would wear these high heels uh, boots. And, you know, he had double hip replacement later in life. I did not know that. And... They think that that could have had to do with like his choice in footwear and just in general. Hmm. And so he ended up dying later from an overdose. He had chronic pain in his joints. Yeah. So he ended up dying from an overdose of, uh, what is it, uh, fentanyl. Yeah. And so my theory is that if he dressed with a little bit less pizzazz, he might still be here. Yeah. So, wow. What I'm saying is... If he was just a t-shirt jeans guy like me, would he have sold as many records? Mm-mm. He would not. Probably not. I've sold almost no records. 
<laughs> I was in the band with you. I can concur. Yeah. Maybe, but maybe he had something. Maybe there's something to, you know. Maybe that's you put all me we in were some, missing. You, you put me in some platforms now. I'll be seven foot tall. I'm six yeah. four without. Yeah. Although I can slouch. I think I think it surprises people that I'm six four. Oh, I because agree. I I can hunch down. You have a diminutive posture. Is it diminutive? Yeah. Diminutive. I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> anyway, uh, love Prince. Huge fan. And uh, rest in peace. But I just do think that there might be a link there. I've never heard anybody say that before, but I think it's interesting. Like someone's clothing choice could have in- indirectly led to their demise. Did you hear when Prince, I don't know if you knew this, but Prince later in life uh, came to faith. Yeah. And he wrote this poem. It uh-huh. was really, really famous. It's like on people's wall. Okay. It's like, it's called footprints in the sand <laughs> i couldn't believe it because i thought that had already been written yeah it wasn't the same as the other one no in the end when you only see two when you only see one set of footprints it was because god he was had, wearing platform heels yeah <laughs> <laughs> and prince was like man my dogs are barking and god's like i got you <laughs> I, I don't know that might be inappropriate i don't think it is. <laughs> i don't i don't so, know who knows sorry guys. we'll have angry <clears throat> prince fans that was just yeah it was just the play on the words <sighs> we mean no offense Sometimes it's hard to know, like if you're being offensive in the moment. And I used to have that problem a lot when I was a kid because I was a teenager in early twenties. Like I would be sarcastic, but then when I wasn't being sarcastic, I would still come off as sarcastic. Right, sure you would. Have I ever told you the story of you don't know a lot about my movie theater days, right? Because I met you after those times. You know, I feel like I've heard a lot about it. Yeah. Like, I know about the water fountain mm-hmm. story. I know about the projector. Like, fill up the drinking fountain was right. the prank. Yeah. I know I know stories. You've told me stories that I can't tell. So we used to go to Sonic. And one of the reasons we'd go to Sonic is we we had a manager there who would trade us, like, we could order, like, five or six orders worth of food. And we would just give him a couple of free movie passes. <laughs> and so we would just go be like, hey, we're going to throw it. And we'd print them off on the copier. It'd yeah. just be these yellow pieces of paper. And we'd just be like, movie passes. One of the managers was in on it. And of course, he was like an assistant manager, but not a real manager. Did y'all let him in? Yeah, he would go. He would come oh, use okay. the passes. But you're just, neither one of us was supposed to be doing that, probably. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think he got fired later. But uh, <laughs> that's not what this story is about. We call that movie theater fraud. And, uh... <laughs> it's not what this story is about. Uh, the great Sonic Bandit of 1990, <laughs> whatever that was. So we're there one day, and we're hanging out. I'm with my friend uh, Brent and my brother, and then our friend Mary. And so we're eating, and I notice uh, I don't have any ketchup. And I'm like, there's no ketchup? I'm like, come on. So I go, I hit the button. We're eating outside. It's not like you you hit the button. They bring it out. You're sitting at the little tables. Yeah. And because we weren't eating in our car. You know, we're classy. They So they bring ketchup, and it just I go, it was really quick. Like I hit the thing and all of a sudden this guy runs out on skates and brings me, I guess he wasn't running. He was skating. Up. He brings the ketchup and I go, man, the service here. Mm. Right. Thinking whatever. Then I walk away or that guy rolls away. And then Brent looks at me and goes, dude, what are you doing? I go, what? I thought it was really cool. He was so quick. He goes, come on, man. Like he was acting like I was being sarcastic. I go, there's no way that guy thought that was sarcastic. And so then Mary, she hits the button again because she's done with her food. She wants to order a Sunday. She order, She goes, um, 
I'm sitting close to the speaker. So the guy goes, what you? she goes, order me a Sunday. I go, yeah, can I get a hot fudge Sunday? Blah, blah, blah. Add nuts or whatever. Okay. And then he comes out with it and he brings it to me. Huh. And I go, it's for her. And he goes, <laughs> oh, and then he hands it to her and we didn't think anything of it. Uh-uh. She dives into this Sunday. Uh-uh. She gets to the bottom jalapenos no way there's jalapenos in the bottom of her sunday and she goes uh and i don't remember i cannot remember what happened next if she complained or if she was just like well you screwed me johnny like if she just blamed me outright so for years whenever we were at a restaurant somebody in our group would go man the service here (laughs) they would always like razz me (laughs) don't let johnny order your dessert or whatever and I don't remember, like, I do not think that I was that sarcastic, but I caused another person's dessert to be kiboshed. I don't understand. Bamboozled. You know, I hear those sort of stories, and I don't I don't understand how someone thinks they can get away yeah, with that. Yeah, what's the end game? Right. Because all it's you like do is old... come back and go, guys, I know you did this. Right. It's At like, least it's if they like... would have spit at it or something, you couldn't have proven it, probably. Yeah, it's not like the gummy bears are close to the jalapenos. Right. Like... That's not an accidental. Oh no! I thought. Oh man! <laughs> I thought that was marshmallows. <laughs> like that was it. But it's like some pranks like that. They make no sense. Like when we were kids, it was order twenty pizzas and send it to a dude's house. Yeah. But the dude is not going to pay for the pizzas. Right. He's just going to go. I didn't order these. And then the pizza guy goes, "Crap!" Right. When there's no way to trace it back. And he then. gets in the car and drives off, and he's furious. You really are pranking the pizza guy. Yeah. You're not pranking the person. Which, I mean, if I'm going to prank a pizza guy, I have a totally different prank for that. That's a totally different prank. Right, right. I don't, yeah. I mean, I keep, there's a book for it. Yeah. Yeah. I keep it close. Your prank book? Yeah. I don't do a lot of pranks. (laughs) Again, I'm like you. I I fear the retribution more than I enjoy the prank. You got to know where, how far you want to take it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because people's dark sides come out in a prank war. Yeah. It can ramp up on you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't know. I'm, maybe it's, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm mischievous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, you're you've got an impish hue, <laughs> an impish grin. I don't. One thing is, I don't want bad things to happen to the people around me. Well, do you like prank shows? Do you watch like the prank no. shows? I feel bad for the people. Yeah, like even man on the street interviews where they're like hold a mic up to people and go and then mm-hmm. try to get them to say something stupid. Right. I go, just leave these people alone. They're just trying to go to work. Yeah. Or I think, yeah, I think I always think I could look that stupid if someone came yeah. up, you know, and then. Oh, no, you have. Yeah, I do. Daily. And then, you know, I kind of, I don't know, I feel bad when other people feel bad. Like, that's the thing. I'll, it's so funny. You're saying you're too empathetic. No, I don't know what it is. That's my favorite thing. It's like when somebody's like at a job interview and they go, what is your, what are your weaknesses? I care too I much. I care too much. Yeah. I work too hard. <laughs> <laughs> I need better balance in life because I take my job too seriously. I, I, I work too hard. I care too much. I beat my kids. Is <laughs> that like, three? Is that, that's three, right? That's. Uh, well, I don't think that last one was about that, work. This interview's over. Yeah. You, sir. <laughs> um, <laughs> call the police. I stay too late. I come in too early. I'm addicted to heroin. <laughs> I can't. When do I start? Monday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. It's like. Maybe it's the youth pastor in me, mm-hmm. but like Dane's the the quintessential example for me of a lot of things in my life. Um, Dane will be just brutal. He'll just be brutal towards me in a joking way. Yeah, he'll just say something like it. Like he Dane calls me a boomer. 
Uh-huh. All the time. And you're not a boomer. No. But it's, but it's Johnny. It's, what are you, Gen X? Uh, I'm actually an exennial, which I thought was called zennial because it starts with an X, but there's actually I, – I A zennial with staff. a Z now. There's a zennial and an ex-zennial. So okay. they're the two like uh, the two generations that span the short period between the major generations. So we, you know, so I'm, I'm already I'm, bored with this. Yeah. So, but I like. But you're not a boomer. You no, know, a boomer. Boomer is a, a boomer would be like your mom. A derogatory term. Oh right, it just means you're old. Yeah, and pejorative. Out of touch. Right. Right. You're old and out of touch. Yeah. And so he'd be like, "You're a boomer," and he acts like that. I have major tech issues. Mm-hmm. And so with the, 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 the hilarious part of that is is he's the technical director right. of the church. And we have tech issues every Sunday that we have to meet on. But, not, you know, he'll make sure. It feels like you're taking this to editorialize about Dane. Guys, I think he has to be stopped. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is like, but like if I have a, any sort of computer glitch or anything, it's like, hey, boomer. And it's always like, John can't work. And he tells the whole staff, John can't work tech and everything. Oh, boy. And so, like, I will come back and do what I just did and make some, like, well, dang, what about now? Whenever something fails on Sunday and it's never his fault. It's just the computer crashes or something, you know. And then I feel bad. Right. But he doesn't feel bad. No. When he does it to me. And I want that. Do you think he feels bad when you do it to him? I don't know. If he takes it all in good I just fun. immediately go, ah, oh, probably. Sometimes people dish it out and they can take it. I, I don't know. I, I think he think- can take it. I just feel bad that I did it. Although I worry, like, you know, I wonder if Dane really... Or if he worries that I really meant that. I'm yeah. I always am kidding if I'm being like rude to somebody. It's always fake. Usually, I, I'm I'm hardly ever rude on purpose. I think fake rudeness is very funny. Agreed. It's very funny, but a real rudeness is really irritating to me. If I see yeah. somebody really being rude, I'm like, ooh, <sighs> gross. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, people who are like are okay being rude in public. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed for them. Yeah. And then I'm also disturbed that they're not embarrassed for themselves. I have a lot of secondhand embarrassment in my life. Yes. There's a lot of like cringy. Yeah. I, I just, ooh, oh no. Like I don't, I think it's why I don't watch a lot of like talent shows. Like you watch those, mm-hmm. you like America's Got Talent, but even America's Got Talent, they don't put a lot of, like the first couple of se- couple of episodes of American Idol used to be just the bad. Right. Like a laughably bad person that's clueless and thinks they're going to be famous, but they're n- they're not going anywhere. I feel bad for those people. I really do. I feel, and I, and again, maybe this is the community mindset of me. I'm like, that's someone else's fault that they're up there as much as it's theirs. Yeah. Like, if let's just say, I don't know, if if I decided, Johnny, I'm going to go uh-huh. enter just the straight up male vocalist category. And I think you should. And I'm going to go, and I'm going to go try to sing, you know, a Bruno Mars song uh-huh. on America's Got Talent. Uptown Funk. You would be like, no, John. That's a bad decision. Like you would finally, you would finally, before you let me go, embarrass myself. Now look, if I was going to go back you up and play acoustic guitar and throw uh, some harmonies you can't hear, sure. Yeah, we'll blend those. All right for that, we could just blend them right out. No one has to know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not saying there's nothing I could do there as a backup something, but if I'm just yeah. like, no, 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 just me and a microphone. I'm not even. I'm not, not even a track. Just gonna let my vocals shine. You'd be like John. So I mean, somewhere along the way, people get on there and. Yeah. No one. There's nobody in their corner, right? I told someone this morning. I told. But some uh, people wouldn't listen. Like even if you had somebody in your corner. And then when I, if that's the case, yeah. And maybe that's something the judges should ask. Like, has anyone? What is? What have like your the people you trust the most in life? Yeah. What have they told you about your singing? Mm-hmm. Have they told you anything? Have you ever asked? Would you like us to tell you something? <laughs> I, could, I would do my Simon Cowell accent here, but we all know that how last no. episode that went. Don't do it. Um, 
I was telling Chris, our community director, this morning, I was like, you know, my dad raised me telling me I could do anything. Yeah. And it's a great thing to tell a kid until you're like 35 and you start realizing, oh, wow. Because you've already failed at a bunch of things. You're kind of like, yeah, yeah, I just haven't found my shot yet, though, you know. And then you get to a place where you go, oh, wow, I really can't do everything. Mm -hmm. You know, it's actually – I think I'd rather rather have that illusion – yeah, it's okay. Yeah, heading in to some we'll extent. find out. That whole thing of like, I got to let my kids know how hard the world is right away. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I love that either. No, I've seen kids, though, that it hits them a lot earlier than 35, and it really is, like, at yeah. least at 35. If you had everything handed to you, that is a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. jarring. Like, so we try to, like, hey, you know, like with Sadie, it's a very, like, hey, listen, you, you can work hard, and it's really, really important. And there are certain things you're talented, you're going to be more talented than others to do. And who knows what God's plans are for you? And we don't know. It's all exciting and wide open. There will be downfalls, limitations, and things that you won't be able to accomplish. Life is not all accomplishment. Like, and if you yeah. if you believe life is all accomplishment, then there is a reckoning, a comeuppance that is coming for you. Yeah, you know. So I don't think I use the word comeuppance with it. When yeah, I talk to her, but hey, you got some spooky stories you tell your kid. Anyway, good night, <laughs> sweetie. <laughs> sleep well but I mean just think like you know it's okay you're probably gonna fail a whole lot um, there'll be some victories but let's be honest for the most part life is just set, uh, set some expectations and yeah anyway we'll see you tomorrow yeah life is a swirling cesspool of disappointment sleep good sweet dreams no I mean but life is full of a lot of disappointments a lot of limitations and yeah. I just think I think having um Dude, I read a book, I may have said this, called Disappointment with God by Philip Yancey on vacation. Old, okay. old book. Disappointment with God on vacation? <laughs> it was very specific. That is, yeah, that's a very, it's a travel book. <laughs> on vacation, I read a book called Disappointment with God. Okay. Or Disappointed with God. I can't remember. Obviously, it impacted me deeply, but I don't have it in front of me. But yeah. Anyway, it really did impact me deeply. But he talks about, it's like the whole thing starts with he's got this guy, this young guy contacts him who's like, coming out of college has written a dissertation on the book of Job mm-hmm. at a Bible college. And he's like taking a chance to get this big time author to maybe sit down with him and look over and give him advice on this thing or whatever. And he's like, I kind of, you know, I always try to be kind and stuff, you know? So the, he agrees to look at the, at the manuscript and he sends it to him. He's like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Like it's surprisingly good, you know? And so he meets with the guy and he ends up getting a publishing deal on this book on Job. And then, like, two months before the book's supposed to come out, it's been all the way through the editorial process, the whole deal. He meets with the guy again. The guy has to meet with him. And the guy is, like, I mean, squirrely. He is obviously Uh, upset. He is now – he no longer believes the stuff he's written in the book. He's had a complete falling away in crisis of faith. And, like, just life – and he has all these things that have happened to him. And he's like, yeah, that that was all crap. Now, I I don't know what to do, though. I'm under contract, you know, and – like, I think that the book came out. Oh, no. I mean, there's nothing they could do. It was going to come out. And <clears throat> and so the book, Yancey's book is like following, sort of starts with that. Mm-hmm. And so Yancey's like starting the story of, because in the end, the guy's very disappointed with God over different things in his life. If God really cared, he'd show up and do this. And, you know, what can we imply or infer about the character of a father is the term we use who allows this level of whatever to happen to children he supposedly loves unconditionally, right? So it, it's 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 asking those hard questions. And so Yancey is kind of like the first half of the book's like, okay, these are these are decent thoughts. He's kind of coming at it from a little bit of a 
intellectual place and, you know, mm-hmm. and it gets about halfway through and I've never read anything like this. And he says, this was the moment I was, this was the place in the book I was going to end it, the book. Mm-hmm. I was going to be done with the book. And I guess he allowed himself yeah. to deal with his own disappointment with God. <laughs> it's like the second half of the book just takes off into all these crazy places yeah and and really being honest about all the questions and 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 really dealing with it and and from a different perspective and he talks about how the story of job when you really get into it um that god does allow limitations and different things in life and we have to deal with our definitions of what what he says is like look above all jesus said once when the son of man returns will he find faith on the earth Mm-hmm. And he makes this statement. He goes, whatever faith means to us, we're not, we know how we kind of all process it. Some of us have this faith for, for miracles. Other of us have sort of general faith. Like you say, I came to the faith or I left the faith. He goes, I, he uses a term called fidelity for him. He's like, for me, there's those two guys of faith are in the Bible as well. But the second one for me, I call fidelity. And that is when the first kind doesn't work out, when God doesn't meet my expectations or when God goes dark and even says like um, this, you, you, you know, he talks about bumper sticker Christianity and mm-hmm. you've seen these Johnny like the, or, or we would call it church marquee Christianity. Like if you feel distant from God, right. guess who moved, you know? And then it's like the big right. wink and aha and I got you. He's like, Hey guys, if you read the book of Job, guess who moved? God. Job yeah. had done nothing. Right. Nothing different. God actually was distant and silent. Yeah. Like, it's okay. That actually happens in the Bible. There's a moment, and he goes through, like, in almost every, and C.S. Lewis writes about it, too. Almost every person of faith experiences this dark night of the soul, this this moment where God no longer is responding in the way that he once did. And that then is when fidelity, that kind of faith, comes to play. Uh-huh. And so he, he, and it's more important, and generally it happens to Christians further along in their journey, he finds that the other kinds generally happen more to Christians to bring them to faith or early in their in their walk with God in order to sort of sustain them. Later on, you see this over and over again. It's sort of it's a, it is the path. And there's a lot of comfort, and then that's sort of the point of the book. Like, hey, what's happening to your dark night of the soul? Your disappointment with God actually happened to David and happened to Job and happened to a lot of people. And it, it, it's a part of developing something different than the faith you knew or that as yeah. we define it. But in the end, I just think it's okay to know the whole point of that. It's okay to know that you can't accomplish or do everything. It doesn't all work out. I think that's a part of it. But I'm I'm with you in agreeing that it's better when you're younger, and maybe even by design, even by the by faith journeys. Often that that lesson can't be learned at yeah. a young age the way that it will be learned, whether you want to or not, in in later in life. Yeah, I mean, you want to teach your kids to. I mean, I can only tell you how I've taught my kids, <laughs> but it seems to me like my mom was that for me. She was like. I just want you to do whatever you're yeah. gifted to do. And I want you to be happy. And you can do anything. And like that's naive in a way, but it's also like I remember that fondly now. I don't think she set me up to just be disappointed with the world. Yeah, no, I do too. When I hit the wall, yeah. I can blame mom. It's like, no, like that's kind of beautiful. Yeah. You don't want your teacher kids like to constantly be afraid of the world or their limitations. Because how will they ever know if they don't try? I will say this about your mom and my dad. I would say who taught us, and my mom taught me that too. Yeah. Um, the thing about your mom and my dad is, is when they told us that, they believed it. Right. No, yeah, there was... Yeah. Yeah. 
especially now, you know, my mom never got to see me do stand up and really step into what I feel like is a calling for me. And uh, that was a very melancholy moment for me mm-hmm. when I did like my first full show and my mom wasn't there. She had died a couple of years before. And I remember thinking like, yeah, it's such a strange thing that she wasn't here. But there's no doubt in my mind, like she would, how, what her reaction would have been to it. You mm-hmm. know, she, uh, she would have been on board with all of it. So. Oh, know. Absolutely. She would have been so proud. The only thing she'd been mad about is you called yourself Johnny. Oh yeah, that that would have been she'd been furious about. Yeah, yeah. You are Jonathan mm-hmm. W, not Johnny W. Jonathan W. I don't know. That sounds like a a men's clothing store. I think by the way you just gave me, I'm writing it down. I think you just gave me a uh, a new book title. It's yep. a little wordplay. What is it? Melancholing. Oh, you know what I'm that saying? feels like a guy who. <laughs> Opens a produce stand. <laughs> that that gives Jesus, money to charity that's what Jesus or whatever. Calling is melancholy. It's a melancholy. Never mind. I wrote it down. It's one of those passing ideas <laughs> that no longer, when I said it out should, loud, yeah. I give it I to was you. And of then people I, in ministry who are melancholy about their calling, but yeah. it doesn't work when I said it out loud because Melan- it kind of <laughs> melancholy. <laughs> Just feel like a cantaloupe going hello. <laughs> oh my god, guys. Uh, <laughs> Three for ten dollars. This is those moments. Yeah. I, this is the moments. I'm like, Dad, you were wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm really bad at a lot of things. Melancholy. Um, but no, I, I agree. I think that the belief it, here. Here's the thing, and I think we get this this scripture all out of whack. You know, we just like take Philippians four thirteen that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and it's mm-hmm. it's literally a sports scripture in American culture. Oh yeah, or it's a word of faith scripture. Yeah, meaning like you can do anything. Um, but what Paul it follows actually Paul's statements about he's learned how to be content in all circumstances, and one of those circumstances was poverty, yeah, imprisonment. There's all these things he names, and he's saying, look, it really doesn't matter because in the end, I can do whatever God wants me to do because Jesus has always strengthened in me even in weakness. Yeah, so I do believe that part of it. There's a truth to it. I don't want to take the, I don't want to take the joy out of that scripture. Yeah, but it's less about like doing uh, these extraordinary things because of your belief in Christ and more like Christ is within me as I do all these things that I'm doing. Right. It's like the the scripture says, whether you walk to the left or the right, there will be a voice behind you saying this is the way. Like that's one of those things that kind of flies in the face of that perfect will of God thing that we were raised with. It's like. You're terrified. Should I eat this cheese sandwich? Is this God's will? Yeah. You're terrified of any move. You read a scripture like that, you're like, whether you go to the left or right, you'll hear a voice saying, this is the way. Like, yeah. Because I don't think it's about just the direction. I think I think it's not the – there's two, two ways to interpret the yeah. way this is the way. One is we what we want in American culture is this is, this is the path towards a certain destination. Yeah. But also I read that more now – as this is the way to walk. This is the gate to use. Oh, right. This is like, like it'll be the way you walk, not yeah. the direction you walk. But hey, if you walk that direction, make sure your pace and your gate, right. all those things match this way. So walk, walk in the ways of God, regardless of which yeah, way you go. Yeah, and I believe there are, there are definitely like paths that we can take that lead us the wrong way. But I just think that whole idea of like, I hate my job. But maybe God's trying to teach me something with this horrible job that's tearing my family apart and making me miserable, so I'll stay. And you're like, 
I mean, I, I never really met any Christians. And I moved here in 20, uh, 2006. And I remember I had lunch with a guy who's a music producer. And he just goes, he said that, he goes, people always say stuff like that, like God's perfect will, what's God's perfect will. He's like, if you're miserable at your job, go take another job and be God's ambassador there. And no one had ever said anything like that to me. Yeah. Like it almost gave you this permission to be like, oh, you mean like you can do that? Yeah. I don't mean like, like I'll leave my marriage because it's hard. I don't mean that. Yeah. I don't mean like commitments you have, but this idea that God's trying to uh, use every miserable experience to like make something in you. It's like maybe these are signs that you should find something. We don't need to look for a life of ease, but you know what I mean. Absolutely. No, I, I think that there is a, a there's an agency granted to us by God that as a part of the inherited nature of the creator that God decided you know, I want to make a dog. It's going to look like this, you know. And we, and so, like, there, there is this creativity to Am the I choices the dog of in life. This analogy? Johnny, I think you know who you are. <laughs> um, I'm going to make this <laughs> completely ridiculous, dumb creature. Uh. Um, but I think that, like, and then he said, "Hey, now you go name them." Like, there's this, hey, pick whatever you pick. It's you know, right. You have like a blessing in that. And so, th- there's always balance. We can take that to the extremes. So within the ways of God, and that's kind of how I teach the church sometimes, like, look, I believe the will of God is like this room. Like there are boundaries to the will of God. They're found by the ways of God and also by the sovereign will of God that we don't know what it's going to be. Meaning at the end of your life, when you look back out of all the choices you made, it was still choices God foreknew that you were going to make and also, you know, directed your path. Like somewhere between all that, there's the mystery of God. You'll go, oh, God knew exactly. God guided me. But in the middle of it, you're making decisions. Yeah. Too, somewhere in that. Sometimes you feel like you know exactly, like you do hear from God. I think it's more likely. It's like a melancholy, if you will. It's like a melancholy. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, folks. My name is Derek Greer, and I'm reaching out to fellow pastors and church leaders just like you to join me and other Christian leaders and organizations throughout the nation as we come together on June 8th and 9th for National Unity Weekend. Together, we will show the love of Jesus as we serve our communities on Saturday, June 8th and then preach from a shared text on Sunday, June 9th. To register, go to unityweekend.com. That's unityweekend.com to join us as we unite the church and unite the nation. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. So, so here, listen, it's like sometimes you got to like spit out the seeds, you know, like you eat, <laughs> don't, you don't eat, eat the, the rind. Thing, guys, the don't eat the not, No, you'll feel very melancholy. Yeah. If you, if you, geez. So, this I'm anecdote, this anecdote's giving me a stomachache just from the, jeez Louise. You know that old Kroger commercial? It was a very good commercial. It was like, I don't know, 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That a Kroger commercial where little kids eating watermelon. Okay. So cute. And a parent or grandparent goes, now look, you better spit out those seeds or it'll start growing a watermelon oh, right. inside of you. And he's like, whatever. And he keeps eating. And then like right then a pregnant woman walks by. Oh, it's all big. His eyes get real big. It's so cute. Yeah, so great. And Kroger. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I see the commercial. Kroger. <laughs> Always, like, the commercials okay. that they're just getting your attention and it's total. There's yeah. no even product placement in it. It's just yeah. name recognition. Yeah. Like, I want to know how many listeners actually have Geico insurance. Right. They're the greatest commercial, but I've never one time thought, you know what, though? Yeah. I need to go get the cheapest insurance possible. Right. So that my coverage it's the bare I, minimum coverage. And that that's a that's a forty three year old man thing. Maybe young people do it, but I'm going, No, no, I've made enough claims. I need an insurance company I can actually depend on. Like yeah. I don't you know You're gonna I, need that insurance. And maybe so. Geico yeah, I'm used to I've seen the, you drive. You've seen the way I drive. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Oh my goodness. You're no, talking about Ge- dogs. Geico, not a sponsor, by the You're way. Talking about they dogs. may be the best. I don't know. I was thinking about dogs and you know, I don't have kids, but I think one of the I was thinking about this with Curry the other day. I think one of the things I love about my dogs, and as they get older, it's getting harder because uh, they will always need me. Like my dogs need me more than ever. Yeah. Because now I have to give my dogs pills. They have arthritis. Right. They're older, both 10 years old almost. And so it's like, you know, Toby almost died this year. Yeah. He needs me every day. He needs me to whatever. They're not like helpless, but they just. Right. And there's just, that's kind of annoying in a way, but it's also kind of like, I can imagine as a parent, that's one of the things that's tough is watching your kids get older and not need you anymore. Like, there's no chance I'm going to go home and like, ask Curry, um, uh, what happened to Toby? <sighs> he got his own place. He said, <laughs> right. He's, uh, he's, yeah. he thought it was time. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> right. Toby is with me until... He dies, and I'm probably going to be the one that decides when he dies. Yeah. Like, I make all those decisions. Yeah. But it's like, with a kid, it's like, they could just be like, no, I'm going to go to college in California. Right. And I may come home for Thanksgiving. Right. How heartbreaking. Yeah. Welcome to it. Oh. No, I've actually I've actually thought through the differences. Nothing sometimes. wrong with California. I was just saying far away. Right. Please right. don't draw any conclusions from that. No, no, nothing wrong with Geico either. Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I just, or Kroger, I just... No, I, I absolutely. I think like when Brutus died so tragically, it is that sense of, and that's where even in therapy I've come to like, there's a different feeling inside of me for something that is completely innocent and even unaware of their innocence. Yeah, that will have no agency or, or control in life besides whether or not to chew this shoe or poop in the floor. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like it's all it's all innocent, even at their at their downside, and so. That's mine to care for there with no exit strategy. With Sadie, we tell her all the time, like, and again, there's no exit strategy for them either, but it will change seasons. And, right. you, and I've, I'll tell her, Laura told her this week, like, we're not trying to raise a well-behaved kid. We're not trying to just put rules around you. Right. We're trying, we're trying to equip you to be a well-adjusted adult. You are already in control of your life. We just are like, we're like a governor on the engine. Right. We, we can like limit the speed. We and, can say, hey, don't eat this shoe. <laughs> Don't poop in the floor. Now, I find if your child eats a shoe, there is no exit strategy. <laughs> that <laughs> <They're, laughs> they've, they've gone to a dark place. Uh, who eats a shoe? The shoe needs it. The shoe is looking for an exit strategy. <laughs> generally, you know, I was thinking about my dog the other day, and now look, Dane used to try to get me when he was on the podcast. I will never do the the dog voice that I do for Brutus and Ace. And Ace is between voice, you and your dog. It's between us. And I don't want to be mocked. People openly. used to say it's between you and God. It's between you and dog. <laughs> <laughs> but I started thinking of the day that Ace, and, the, and Ace's voice is a little different. Well, it's the same voice, but he says different things. He really, yeah. really does. Um, in your mind. 
No, no, no. I think in re- I think I really am just that intuitive. I think, oh, I I think I'm feeling, but because Ace carries himself differently, there's a different level of obstinance. Yeah, some might say rebellion. Yet he also is. He's very cute. Like he will turn his head upside down to look at you. You mm-hmm. know, like there's just all these these very iconic sort of like Polaroid moment things with the dog, and then he drives you crazy at the same time. But I realized that the dog voice that I do, which mm-hmm. is very close to the baby voice I did for Sadie, which is probably my continuation of that because I don't get to do that anymore. Right. That makes sense. That's probably if I was your the, therapist, we just had a breakthrough. We just did, guys. But yeah, yeah, it's like a, I get to continue sort of that because I loved, you know, I don't want to be the dad of a baby forever because mm-hmm. it's exhausting, you know? Yeah. Like I wouldn't trade anything for what I have now, you know, in these teen years, there's difficulties, but... It is so much fun and, and watching her grow and, and the conversations we have and her wittiness and all those things. So yeah. the stakes are a little higher in some ways, you know, yeah. but um, but it's fun and it's a part of it. Um, but I still get to speak in that other voice now to another little animal, like you said, that or another little thing that wow. no, I'm sorry, she was not an animal <laughs> ever, but to something else that will never, like I said, never right. grows out of it. Yeah, yeah. But I realized this Ace doesn't know I'm speaking for him. Ace thinks just thinks that's that that's what I sound like. Mm-hmm. So if he had, if we knew what was going on in his head, yeah. he must think that I talk like a baby. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah, he doesn't know dogs that I know that he knows. I was thinking about several things that dogs don't know that we take for granted. We think they know, but there's no way they could have any concept of knowing them. For instance, my dogs like getting in the car. They love going in the car because we go to get cheeseburgers sometimes. Right. Sometimes, and- not all the time. I don't understand why they have so many health problems. That's they're the thing. they're doing great. <laughs> it's a reward. Sometimes we go to the dog park, go get a cheeseburger. <laughs> From and, where? McDonald's? But so when I leave without them, yeah, double okay. cheese from McDonald's. So when I leave without them. They think that's where you're going. They think every time I leave. Uh-huh. That's why they're so upset. Yeah. No wonder. Because every time they've ever gone with me. So they think every time I leave, well, he's going to get cheeseburgers without us. Yeah. What a jerk. The other thing I've noticed is your dog rides in the car sometimes, right? Dog... Rarely, actually, this dog rarely rides. Have you ever thought about this? Your dog does not know that you're driving the car. <laughs> right. He just knows we're in the magic box he just thinks it's happening. that goes fast. It's happening to everyone in the car, according right. to the dog. He doesn't know you're steering it. Yeah. Otherwise, they wouldn't try to climb on you like that. Uh-huh. They just think, this is neat. Yeah. I wow. like the magic box. I'm telling you. It's what... like a big wonk evader to them. Yeah, what if that's the way... What if, what, again, in the scenario, and again, that's sort of the C.S. Lewis world, I do believe there are some parallels to our riding in the magic box of this universe mm. that we lit. I'm not trying, I'm not making well, a turn. No, no, I'm, no, I'm John, not. I'm this not. This is getting good. <laughs> but I think it's profound. We're passing the plate again. Like, philosophically, yeah. it's profound to think. Right. Of, we, th- we think we have control. We or we think we know how God has control. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right. We think like, oh, we get how He's steering this box, but we actually have no idea how He's steering the box. Like, yeah. we just think things are happening, and I, I just or just sticking my head out the window. You can't. I'm just climbing all over them all up. Like I have no idea. Come on, guys. I think, guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's another new book called "I'm a Dog in God's Car." God's taking me to get a cheeseburger. And we just think when every yeah, it is fascinating the things. Uh, what, was this, what was that from? Was that from the office? It was like uh, we could write a book of everything you don't know. It's like, and they did. And it's called the dictionary. <laughs> Whatever. It was like, <laughs> yeah, that'd be a good. That's book. why they write books. That's the point of books is to learn things you don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. 
Yeah, I just wonder. Ace must just think like, wow, uh, John's just really – he's just low intellectual. Like, yeah, you know, he thinks a, that's your dumb voice. Yeah. He doesn't know. Or maybe he I'm, thinks you're making fun of him. Wow. Because you, have, you have your regular everyday voice and you, when you talk to him, you have this voice. He's like – all right, dude. But see, he hears the everyday voice, and he just is okay with it. When I go to that voice, he immediately comes oh, to right. like, He okay. recognizes the voice of the shepherd. But in this case, the voice of the shepherd is the voice of a baby. <laughs> Johnny, I don't know what to do with that. I'm so, telling you what. That's beautiful. Don't you wish the Bible would have called us dogs instead of sheep? Hmm. Because dogs are Maybe. loyal, happy to see you. Doesn't Caleb mean dog? Isn't that one of the meanings of Caleb in the Bible? Well, I don't know. Isn't it, I'm I not up it, on my... I think it has... Hebraic. I don't know. Um, sorry to any Caleb's out there. It's okay. I'm sure. But I want to say that it does mean dog in one. Interesting. Uh, there's no way to know. No, there's no way to know. No. Anyway, yeah. Why not? Why sheep? Why not? But that's because I think we most resemble sheep. Like yeah. I started thinking that, like, it doesn't matter how many times you lead me. There's just a good chance I'll just wander off that cliff. Yeah. You know, well, we did this 90 years in a row. Year 91, I just wandered and off. And we're kind of tribal. Yeah. You know, we, you know, whereas dogs can be, they can be in a pack, but they can also be lone. The lone. Poodle. The lone wolves. Yeah. Wolves. Wolves. Do you ever. Why is it roofs? Why is it roof, not a roofs when it's plural? I don't know. It's roofs. Is it? Roofs is really weird to say. Roofs. It should be roofs. Yeah. Like leaves. I hear people say lives a lot. Like, you know, all of our lives, you know. And oh, that's no. It. And it's like, no, that's. I understand how you can get there, I suppose. Yeah. You know what I heard? Oh, what was it? What was it, Johnny? Oh, man, I said it this morning because it was – I'm not going to remember what it was. Rubes but it was, it was some conjugation. Like it was the, – the name of the show was, a, was something plural. Yeah. The, this, I got it. I think it was the Oscars. Yeah. No, the CMAs. They were about to be on with right. uh, Peyton Manning and um, – the country artist Luke Bryan are hosting. Brad Paisley? No, Luke Bryan. And, oh, Luke Bryan. And, and Peyton Manning are hosting. I figured it'd be Paisley because they do all the commercials. And I heard together. a commercial that said, uh, the CMAs is on TNT or whatever tonight. The CMAs are on? Well, that's the thing. The name of the show is the CMAs. Like, it's a singular thing. Yeah. But it, it immediately struck me from a conjugation standpoint because it feels like the CMAs are. Well, then if that's, if that's the case, you're acting like the CMAs are. A group of awards and not a singular show called the CMAs. Yeah. You're almost like, the you would be saying, the awards are on NBC or CMT. I'm sure it's CMT, by the way. Sorry, let's get this right. CMAs are on CMAs CMT. CMAs is on. Is on CMT is what they said. And I've I seen it. <laughs> I've seen your video. I've done seen it. I just don't, I just, I don't know, Johnny. What do you do with that? And d does a normal listener... No. Hear that and think anything other Are they than, bothered by it? Right. And, or do they want to like know the mystery of it? I, if there, we don't argue a lot in my house, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, and she, she's a, an avid listener, a faithful listener. So my wife will know this, and, and I, I've come to some conclusions about it, and Enneagrams really help with this. But the thing that creates when there is tension, the most tension, is my need to understand I'm a six. I'm in what's called the thinking triad. So my first thing, but like with Sadie and with Laura, mm -hmm. it, it it apparently is irritating how much I need to understand yeah. what's happening. So like 
instead of me just like, no, no, I'm just going to drive you randomly wherever you tell me to go. Like, I want to know right. where we're going and for what purpose. What's and wh- the plan? Even if I'm just going to sit in the car, I still want to know what it is. Yeah. But it's that need to know whether or not CMAs mm. is on CMT. That's the thing. Like, I don't know. It's my five part, which is the investigator. Like, I, I want to know how things work. It's, I, I want to, I don't want to like take apart you know, my computer and see how the hard drive works. I'm not that deep into it, but I just want to know how the systems work. What is our, what is the purpose of this? You know, and apparently that's irritating at times because I do it in inopportune moments. Yeah. Like we're in a hurry. I just, it's need, like, I just, let's just go. I need you to do this thing for me like right now. And then I'll tell you later, but it's like, that's hard for me. If I don't know, like if I can't see the bigger picture, the plan, maybe I'm just a, just a big picture thinker, bro. <sighs> Like, I, I want to know that. No, that's not it. I think it's, I think it's just an annoying parent and spouse. Yeah. But that's okay. No, it's, well, it is what it is. <laughs> They're stuck with <laughs> There's it. There's no changing it now, this my is, friends. Uh, yeah. This is me. I wonder what they're going to think about your pink light behind you. Who? When your wife sees it. Is she going to have some design ideas? No, she, she would, gonna, th- she would she think, ooh, I wish you'd wear more colors more shirts of that color. Well, no, then it, you you need something that's going to. But not on the podcast, just in right. life. Oh, okay. Like, stop buying only black and gray shirts. Ah, black and gray is the best. Like, yeah, but they're the best. And, right. Yeah. There's no risk in it. Yeah. No one's ever been mocked for wearing a black shirt. No. Exactly. Never once. This is me avoiding. Look at this pain. guy in his black button up. <laughs> well, you look crazy. No, they're like. I didn't even know There's a that distinguished guy. gentleman. Yeah, you just blend in. Yeah, we don't get any. You note. literally blend in. Yeah, they don't call us distinguished gentlemen. They just uh, didn't notice called, we were there. They're called ninjas. Yeah, maybe you heard for of a them. reason. And I grew up wanting to be a ninja so bad. <laughs> didn't you? Oh yeah. You know, I played ninja. God, I used to just karate kick walls. To this day, I know how to take a black T-shirt and make it look like a ninja mask around my head. What? And I actually had. Why have we never played ninja? I don't know. But in hide and seek, the, all the kids, would, all the older kids would come play, and they would love to pick on me until mm-hmm. I came into ninja mode. <sighs> Not anymore. And bro, they could never find me. <laughs> We'd be out in the yard. They looked everywhere, and right. I would be like, I remember the, my favorite spot was I would lay in a shadow, and they walk. They walk right past me. Did and, you find out later that they actually weren't playing and they just were inside watching the game? They were like, "This idiot's <laughs> out here." No, because I'd see them and I'd hope they wouldn't step on me. Oh, okay. But uh, my highest marks you were late, stealth. You laid in a shadow. Yeah, like out in the middle of the field. But they looked. They looked because we would do all. We would climb on top of the vehicles, on top of the roofs. <laughs> like we would do dangerous things in hide and seek. Wait a minute. As a ninja, I would you, just lay you, out in the open. You hid on top of a vehicle. No, no, no. Like I would do that in normal hide and seek. Okay. But when I became a ninja, but I'm I saying didn't like, need... it, wouldn't you be easier seen on top of a vehicle? What vehicle are you climbing on top of? Uh, like the huge box truck where all the lawnmowers were inside. So really, really high vehicle. Okay. And then you jump from that vehicle. I forgot. I'm just trying to remember because everybody didn't grow up with box trucks in their backyard. Well, Johnny, I was I grew up doing commercial lawn care. I know what you want. You cannot hide money. But once I became so stealthy, I could. I would bypass the traditional hiding places, mm-hmm. and they were like, there's no other place, because we've been playing for years, there's no other place you could be, <laughs> and I'm right in front of you, Johnny. And isn't that just like our lives? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that sometimes the truth- It's just in the shadows. It's just in the shadows. It's right there. Just step on it, Johnny. Wait. Wait. Don't step, don't on, step on Don't step in it. Wait. Sometimes whole, I feel like I've other. stepped in some truth. <laughs> sometimes I've watched you step in some truth, Yeah, Johnny. I'm sorry. 
Oh my goodness. You know what, listener, maybe you stepped in some truth today. And you were like, this was a good experience. <laughs> I want to shine light into the shadows. Can somebody help me get some of this truth off my shoe? <laughs> <laughs> and if you wanted help to do such a thing, where could you even go? Talk about that podcast.com. All the archived, archived, archived episodes. All of our roofs are there. All of our archived episodes there for your listening pleasure. You can even go to our Patreon, our link trees, kick in some shekels if you feel so inclined. We'd love it. If not, look, we get it. But listen, these purple lights aren't going to pay for themselves. <laughs> ah, thank you, Amazon. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you want to do that, that'd be great. And uh, leave a review. Mm. Leave a rating. That helps other people find the show. We're always trying to grow the listenership. Yeah. We got some cool things planned for our patrons coming up. Also, uh, we got some announcements coming up soon because this month is... Uh, a special new partnership yep. coming, along, coming down the pike here. In fact, we're going to make that announcement next week. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, next Monday. Come so, stay tuned. Yeah, we're going to make a, a pretty By big By the way, I did want to make one disclaimer that we came out pretty hot last week in favor of the Vols beating Georgia. Whoa, 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 I, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was, we did not. I was pretty confident that this was – it felt like 98 to me. I went back and listened, and you were pretty confident. The and, level and, of disrespect mm. – of us being a number one ranked team, but still an underdog in Vegas odds, I was like, this feels like 98 to me. I told you and then to be we, cautious. We did not play well, and we were outmanned and outgunned, and uh, we lost the game. And But then the uh, the episode airs like four days after we make it. So in the episode, it just looks like, ah, we got this. Everybody's listening to that with all kinds of uh, schadenfreude. And it's fine if you are. If you're one of those people who's like, hey, these idiots, yeah. Georgia blew their doors off. We did. We lost. But um, we're still in the mix. Don't worry about it. Tennessee, we're coming back. So To lose again to Georgia, probably. I but, will say this to the Georgia fans. You are really loud in your own stadium, just like yeah. we are in ours. You did to us what we did to Alabama, and we had eight false starts. Cause, and they said after the game they could not hear yeah. the snap count. Which is the point of home field advantage. That's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, and your defense seemingly figured out our mesh wide receiver offense, and you played man-to-man instead of zone so that we couldn't confuse your guys. Like, you did it. Like, yes, Kirby Smart figured out the game plan, the first coach of the year to do so against what we do. It's fine. It's fine. And I, I, a whole I, I, thing. I don't want to get into a whole no. Vols segment. I just want to say. I just want to say I want to own that I came out saying the Vols would win, and we did not win, and I want to make sure that everyone understands. I'm owning that. I eat my humble pie, wow. whatever the crow, whatever you want me to eat. Yeah, why do you have to eat? Like, humble pie sounds Is humble delicious. Pie, maybe humble pie has crow in it. But eating crow, I don't know. I would just like to say that, and we're not having a Vol segment. It's too late now. But if we were, mm-hmm. we're number five now. It's, you know, it's questionable. TCU, yes. They haven't played a lot of people. We're like going to wind up. If we went out. If we went out, I need to focus I, on these I next three games. I feel good about we need to win out big, yeah. Because style points do matter. They said that last night on the college playoff show. Yeah, it's the first time I've ever watched it, and we're in a decent spot here because Michigan and Ohio State would play each other. One of them, if if one of them gets blown out, then one of them should drop out. If it's a close like overtime game, I don't know if they'll put two Big Ten teams in. I'm not sure, but you know we don't necessarily control our own destiny, but we do. I think we're, we're sitting pretty. It would not hurt my feelings to meet Georgia again on a neutral field. No, it'd be a good – because we could have that redemption. It'd be great. Yeah. You get that chance to avenge that loss. 
If I'm not to, sure if, if we can do it. But us, I don't know if we could either. They're obviously the best very, team right they're now. They're very good. They deserve the number one ranking. Nobody's yes, saying it was. It must a... be nice to have four star, five stars, four deep for every position. And you know what? That's on them. They built that great program. I'm glad they, they did. They did. And we're on uh, our way back. We're building. We're, we're building. Tennessee's something. been an upstanding program the whole time. We've never paid for players. We've never done anything <laughs> wrong. We did not there give was never McDonald's th- bags of cash for players in the last three years. But that was not this coaching staff or these players. No. So, I mean, um, I got my bag. I don't know. Did you get a? I don't. Bag I got. Of cash? Mine was a Wendy's bag. Oh, so, okay. yeah. I was dipping my French fries in the yeah frosty. Um, but no, I mean, it's good. Thank, Johnny, I accept your confession. Yeah, and, I just think it's good to own that. Look, we get it wrong sometimes. Well, again, and I don't is, like the this. Use what of being, it. This is what being a fan is. You get excited about your team, and then sometimes you know, a team's got to lose. You can't win every game. I don't like the use of we again in this because I believe I cautioned us. I believe I was a I was cautioning us. You're like, a hey, nervous Nelly. Well, this is why. Because and I'm more often, of a confident Carl. <laughs> often I'm right yeah. about forecasting bad things coming down the road. I did think we would fare better than we did. Mm-hmm. The blinding rainstorm at the end in the third quarter didn't help. But anyway, you know, I will say this, though, to the Vols' advantage, we called a blowout. The The final score, we lost by 14. Yeah. And we held Georgia to three points in the second half. Mm-hmm. So. Um, we're on the upswing. That's what I guess I'm saying, saying, guys, we. Look out. I don't think. Yeah, That's yeah, fine. Yeah. We'll we see just needed a, And by the way, the play of the game, play of the game was a punt. Yeah. Yeah, it's a seventy-five yard punt that went on the first on the one yard line, and that was the beginning. We could have, if we would have got the ball, the guy was supposed to catch it on the thirty. Mm-hmm. That's how good of a punt it was. It went over his head, and then just started vertically bouncing down the sideline until it went out the one. I was like, oh my gosh, backed us up in our own end zone, almost had a safety, kicked out. They came back, scored. Like it, it was that the beginning. wouldn't happen if that ball wasn't so pointy. I know, man. Just play with a round ball. Good grief! Like go along, and you throw it two yards. Just let I mean, me. Hard to throw up. You ever thrown a kickball? Yeah. Or a dodgeball? I've thrown a dodgeball. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Listener, we appreciate the time that you've given us. It, it's so much fun. And uh, send us questions, comments, other things you'd like to hear us talk about here on. Talk about that. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, you can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.